Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, bit to get 30, bit to get 20, 20, 20, bit to get 20, 20, bit to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello and welcome to another Geek Town Radio. We're on episode 21, I believe. Uh, wow. oh, turn it up. <laughs> I know. Uh, I have, you can, everything. <laughs> you can hear the dulcet tones of Adam behind me there. Say hello. <laughs> Too enthusiastic. Let me talk before we've started. <laughs> I know. I Adam's good. Um, Yes, so uh, welcome, Adam. Uh, you've not been on for a few weeks, so uh, so it's nice to have you back again. Oh, lovely! Thank you very much. Been <laughs> a busy boy. Uh, yes, what have you been up to? Oh, yeah. I'm sure you don't want to go to the boredom of my life, but uh, <laughs> I've been actually doing something involving uh, television on occasion this time, so I've actually been able to catch up with something. Had a, had a bit of a Gotham Fest, which was quite nice. Cool. Kept looking at the sort of the many episodes that had been recorded, thinking, <laughs> "Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna do a Gotham Fest." So I did, and I fested out on Gotham, and it was really good. And uh, just to do this podcast, I've broken off from watching the season finale. So <laughs> moment we're done, I'm going to go put this down and go and watch the season finale. So no spoilers, please. Yes, okay. I won't spoil anything for you. It is good. Um, I, I, Gotham's one of those shows that I think I think it took a while to find its feet, and I think the season two uh, could be spectacular. Um, once they've kind of figured out what worked and what didn't, and they've sorted the characters out and and mix things up a bit. I think, I think, um, yeah, next, next season, I think could be quite spectacular, but I, I really like the season finale. I think it worked really well. So, uh, and there's, there's a great reveal at the end. I won't say any more than that, but there is a really good reveal. At the what end. I like about like, Gotham, a lot of a good TV programs that they take time to cook. Yeah. Uh, and then they kind of they come to their fruition. You know, they they take a little time. And these these TV shows that kind of come straight in with a huge, great big story start, not going to work. So all the best ones, things like Breaking Bad, etc., they take time. Got a long story arcs on them. I think that's really good. Yeah. Audiences now have got the intelligence to start and sort of follow things uh, a little bit more um, steadily and kind of suck the detail out of the story a bit more, which is far more fun than just wang smash bang wallop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I think it's um. I think I think some shows need a season or so as well, just to just to find their feet and and figure out what works and what doesn't, and and you know you tend to find like I mean you you go back and watch the first season of Buffy and it's got some great bits in it, but it's it's very shaky that first season and it doesn't really hit its stride until the second, and that's yeah. a fantastic show and it's uh, you know there's it's rare that you get shows that that 
you know, hit it out the park in in the first season, you know, and really kind of go, you know. Yeah, I think um, I think we should give shows a little bit more time to actually get going, unless they start off with real clunky, clanging stuff. Think, oh, bloody hell, that's crunchy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I think uh, you know, characters need to be built, and longevity needs to be invested into a storyline. Yeah. Well, big bunch of words for you today. Invested <laughs> <laughs> into a storyline. Ah, you've been eating dictionaries this week. <laughs> it's all this soft drink that I'm drinking. <laughs> what do you mean is for once you're not drunk on the podcast? <laughs> yeah. Well, I'll be doing that for you in the future. <laughs> so what else have you been doing? Uh, uh, oh, Barney, um Well, who, who's not been watching Game of Thrones? I know. It's 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 quite spectacular. Um, yeah. The um, there's only a couple of things to say, and that said, girlfriend be getting her dragons out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and for once, that isn't a euphemism. Uh, <laughs> no, not this time, no. But, she all over them dragons. Yeah. <laughs> that, really no, cool. that that was spectacular. Although last week's, la- I, I thought last week's would be difficult to top. Um, yeah. Wow. Yeah. That the, was the uh, end of of last week's episode. Was that the battle sequence in that? I see. I knew there was a battle sequence coming up, but that I was not expecting. Um, yeah, that was kind of Hollywood standard. Yeah. Well, uh, you have to sit down and remind yourself that this is a sort of a Hollywood-style TV show every week. Yeah. Or yeah. every week, but for, for, the, for the season. And it's like, wow, this is like a mini-film every week. The yeah. amount of time and energy they invest into all the detail is just phenomenal. This, so you, you don't think, well, it's just a TV show. It's, you know, it's, it's you know, you were quoting Buffy earlier on, and Buffy was a great TV show. But it always looked like a TV show. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you get look at Game of Thrones and go, "Is is this a good movie?" You know, yeah, what's going it's, on here? it's just so insane. Good. The the um, there's a, a a little documentary they did on Sky. Um, it may still be kicking around on the um, on the Watch Again kind of stuff. Um, there's but there's a thing which is a day in the life of of uh, Game of Thrones. Um, which they aired earlier in the year, you really should go and watch it because it's jaw-dropping. Just some of the the work that they go through just to get the whole thing up and running and the amount of people involved and they're like shooting on four continents at the same time. Yeah. It's just yeah, crazy. It, it's a massive, massive job, but it's paying off. Yeah. It's paying off. It's paying off in terms of quality and that's also paying off because people are sitting down and talking about it yeah and and that's a sign of a good tv series that people are talking about it and they're also waiting with anticipation yeah it's not quite as big as star wars but it's good (laughs) yeah 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 Yeah, i mean it's just i mean i'd love them to do more but i can understand why they don't because i mean it's the final episode next week and you just you know i i would love to have 20 episodes a year but you just i can't see how they could do it it's it's, <laughs> it's a massive it's, project it's you know? such a huge project for them to do so you know i um but yeah that that's been really good started off a bit slow this season but the last few episodes have just been phenomenal yeah it's, it's really caught up i'm still i i am wondering whether whether bron or you know and hodor and, and that group may pop up in the final episode because we've not seen them yet yeah, Bron, Bron was in this one, though, wasn't he, in the last episode? <laughs> have I got the right name? I may have the wrong name, though, because there is Bron the... Um, hang on, Bron... Oh, no, Bron's the... Uh, no, you're right, Bron is, Bron's the Jerome Finn character. Who am did, I thinking of? Did, did, did I... Was I right? Yes, you were <laughs> right, you were right. Bron's the... Uh, the, uh, the um, I knew that name was wrong. Who's I can't describe what his character is. He's sort of like a, a thug. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he's he, the first thug to... Yeah, to he is... Lack- 
Gentry. Uh, um, Stark. Bran. Bran's the one I'm thinking of. It's Bran Stark. There's too many bees in that. Bra- Bran's the little kid. Got it. Um, yeah. yeah, Bran Stark. And the one that was with Hodor. Yeah, who's got the greatest speaking part of all time. Yeah, Hodor. <laughs> I love the um, the the um, after show thing that um, Sue Perkins does. And the, the guests, they they have a, a, a like you know, all the sets done up, and the um, the door that they come through is is the big O from Game of Thrones, so they call it the O door. <laughs> oh, that's superb! <laughs> Brilliant. Um, yeah, yeah that's that's I'm... a really good show. It's it's well worth watching because um, they um, run it straight after Game of Thrones as well. So been, well, festing out on quite a few things. So uh, Game of Thrones has been quite nice to fest out on, and uh, you know Gotham's been quite good. And I've been taking advantage of some TV series on uh, on YouTube as well. <laughs> and, uh, you know, watched uh, Bridesmaids. So pretty cool. It's been really good. I haven't been out of the cinema. Bit of a shame, but hey, can't do how it being. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, I I caught up with. I mean, I've been watching all the kind of usual stuff, Game of Thrones, that sort of thing, obviously. Um, but I, I caught up with Sensate, which was released this week on Netflix, which is yeah. the, Wiskowski, the Wiskowskis and uh, J. Michael Stradsnick's uh, show. <laughs> Why do they have terrible names? Uh, J. Michael Strasnick, who is... He's so much good. Um, J. Michael Strasnick is, is the guy that was behind Babylon 5 and the Wiskowskis are the people behind the Matrix. Wiskowski. 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 I, I can't pronounce that name. Wiskowski. Wiskowski? Okay, I think so. Wiskowski. Right. Let's go um, on the Matrix boys. <laughs> the people that did the Matrix. Well, boy and girl, actually, these days. Um, but yeah, they, they've got this new TV show called Sense8, which is about a group of people that find uh, themselves... Um, uh, they're basically... Uh, they're, they're mentally connected, uh, So, but they're all on different continents. So, do you remember okay. the um, uh, that TV show Touch? It was a show that Kiefer Sutherland did, uh, Touch, which had had this similar idea of of sort of interconnecting um, stories with with people sort of all over the place, all over the world. Yeah. Um, Sensate is is rather more sort of head on than that. It's not kind of vague, interconnected, everything's connected sort of story. The, these are actually. Um, people who are are actually mentally connected to each other with a sort of telepathy um and they keep on seeing snippets of each other's lives um but they don't know why and they don't know what they're seeing some of them don't realize that they're connected to other people yet so um they're probably suspecting sort of you know, mental health issues yeah, yeah well there is there's that there is that issue with one particular character um there's, uh, I mean, it's, I, I can tell you the opening of it because this happens within the first sort of five minutes. So I don't think this is too much of a spoiler, but it opens with Daryl Hannah, um, and Naveen Andrews, who you might remember from Lost. Um, and, uh, the, the two of them are sort of talking together. There's somebody tra- chasing her. She's sat in this warehouse with a gun and it starts off within the first five minutes of Daryl Hannah bro- blowing her brains out. <laughs> um, oh, uh, so you kind of, if way to grab your attention, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I'm, um, I'm, 
Uh, Daryl's dead. I don't want to watch it. <laughs> she does reappear again. Um, uh, it's also got uh, Brian J. Smith, who you may remember from Stargate Universe, uh, Freema Adjiman from Doctor Who. You you see quite it being a Netflix show. There's obviously um, you know it, not ratings issues, so you see quite a lot of Freema Adjiman. <laughs> Um, there's there's uh, there's a numerous kind of uh, characters who sort of uh, you know transsexual gay characters in it as well. Uh, there's an awful lot of touching, <laughs> shall we say, <laughs> adult touching. Um, so yes, there's an awful lot of that going on. Uh, you, you grown know, up I, cuddling. Grown up cuddling. Yes. Grown uh, up cuddling. Uh, so there's an awful lot of that going on. But um, uh, yeah, it's it's uh, it's interesting. It's it's definitely a show that um, you you probably don't want to watch after a few drinks or if your mind isn't awake because it takes a bit to follow what's going on. You so know. you wouldn't have a chance right now. <laughs> yeah, no, my brain's just... I probably won't watch it tonight. Um, you're... Uh, you, you, you you need to sort of keep up with it. It jumps backwards and forwards in time uh, and shows uh, bits and pieces of them as, as children as well. So there's there's a lot going on um, with it. You, you need to sort of uh, focus on it. But it's interesting and different and what Netflix does very well. So yeah. worth a watch. Definitely worth a watch. Definitely going to have to think about that one then. Yeah. Uh so yeah, there's there's that that's the only real new thing I've I've uh, really been watching. Um, most of the other stuff, yeah, things like Game of Thrones. There is a lot of stuff coming to an end. Uh, I finished watching Person of Interest, uh, so I'm waiting for the next season of that to come. Uh, yeah, there's 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 a lot more kind of new and interesting that I've been watching. Um, the only other little bit of news that I, I, I saw recently, which I just wanted to mention, was uh, Nichelle Nichols uh, had a, uh, a mild stroke this week. So uh, she's apparently doing OK. George K saying uh, she's resting comfortably after it. So hopefully she's all right. Um, I, you know, just wanted to, to mention that and sort of thoughts go out to her and her family. I hope she's OK because she's, you know... Star Trek royalty. So Yeah, absolutely. You know, and, and uh, it's, you know... It's terrible when things like that happen. So I hope she's all right. Um, let's move on to some actual uh, film and TV news. Okay. So first little story to come up. There's been some news about Constantine this week. Uh, the exec producer who developed the show with David S. Goya and ran the series has pronounced the show officially dead. Um and uh, which is no great shock, really. They were hocking around to a few other networks. Um, he released a statement which said, I promised to share some news when I had it. Sadly, the news is not good. Casting writers of Constantine are being released from their contracts. Studio tried to find a new home for the show, which I'll be forever grateful, but those efforts didn't pan out. I'm sorry uh, I wasn't providing information on the attempts to sell the show elsewhere. Uh, all I can report now is the show is over. Um, which is a real shame, but um, I, I had hoped that somebody might might take an interest and pick it up and give it another shot because it was it was an you know interesting show and it's one of those things that I think could have done with the second season and and could have been retooled and, and made darker and and they could have worked with it, but um, sadly not to be. Yeah, dark mm-hmm. is the new black at the moment, isn't it? Yes, yeah. Um, 
and it's a shame really because he run he ran on NBC and NBC run Hannibal so they're not afraid to to have dark shows you know um no and that would be the epitome of dark yes just a bit <laughs> There's um, very few TV shows I sit behind a, a pillow looking at going, oh my God. Yes, but yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah, so, I mean, they're not afraid to have dark shows. I think, you know, it, it would have been good if they'd they'd stuck their neck on the line and given it another series, but uh, unfortunately, that's it. Um, it does seem to me that the shows that are kind of uh, holding their own at the moment, you know, things like The True Blood, um, you know, Hannibal you just mentioned, The Game of Thrones, are the ones that... Uh, I'm not afraid to to get dark or to get bloody. Um, yeah, I mean, a bit, the, be a bit more realistic in terms of uh, gratuitous violence. Yeah, but I mean, the, the, that's part of the problem is um, the American network system, because I mean, Hannibal's Hannibal runs on NBC. That's an oddity, though. Um, Constantine ran on NBC, though. Um, and but the other shows you mentioned, like things like True Blood and. Um, True Detective. Uh, um, I wish I'd seen there's a, a new series coming out in a, a few few yes, days. Yes, there is. Seconds coming out. Something. Can't yeah. That. Yeah. So there's there's that coming out. Um, Game of Thrones. Uh, all those sort of shows that have a much darker edge to them. Most of them. Well, in those cases, they're HBO shows. Um, yeah. You know, and and you can and the stuff that comes out of Netflix like daredevil you know which is a mm. the darkest of sort of superhero comic yeah. you know comic adaptations um all those shows are, are places that aren't reliant on advertisers to to uh to work mm. yeah um and the that is the issue really um you know and it's it's a great shame as i say uh hannibal just seems to have struck a chord with people um but but you usually wouldn't find that level of violence on a network show. Mm, yeah, you know, Hannibal's not just violent though, is it? It's well, it's, yeah, disturbing. exactly. You know, uh, you would you usually wouldn't find that sort of thing on a network show. It's an oddity. Um, it's, it's confusing enough to con- confuse your own sense of reality. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's like, whoa, am I? Are they? Are they nuts? Am I nuts? Let's <laughs> <Just can't. laughs> watch it and find out. Yeah. So. Um, so yeah, it, shame, shame. It didn't find a new home, uh, you know, and somebody didn't pick it up. It would have could have worked very well somewhere else, but uh, it's a pity. Well, but you know, there's a bunch of new stuff coming, so I'm sure we'll uh, we'll have new shows to watch very soon. Good change is good. Yes, change is good. So uh, speaking of change, um, we've got another update on Top Gear because there's there's a lot of Top Gear stuff coming out this week. First up. Uh, Hammond and May were offered a huge mountain of cash to uh, to come back. This is we were talking about this with Amanda last week, um, you know, and they were they were saying that one of the ideas that they were having was to have um, a rotating presenter system like they have on um, things like, like, like this podcast, <laughs> <laughs> yes, like this podcast. Or have I got news for you? Or you know those sort of shows. Um, and we were saying, well, that's fine, but you've got to have two permanent presenters there because otherwise that system doesn't work. You can't change the entire team every week. That you've got no consistent, no, no like continuity there. 
well, you, that'd be quite good. Well, yeah, but I mean, it's a headache to manage because you're having to train a different team every week. You've you you I, you've got no continuity from one week to the next. They uh, don't need training; they're professional. <laughs> <laughs> so it's um. I think that would just be very difficult. So the idea was that they, I mean, they may still do that, of course, but I think what they were hoping was they could tempt Hammond and May to stay and then have a rotating presenter in Clarkson's position. So they allegedly offered them four million each. It was rumoured eight million each originally. Four million each. Four million each to return, uh, but they turned it down. (laughs) Four million each. Um, So... uh, there are rumours about that obviously you assume they must have something in the works with Clarkson. There's something up their sleeves. So uh, more and more rumours coming around that they may have a show coming to Netflix, um, which would seem like the obvious place to put it because, as we said before, the difficulty with Top Gear is if you go on somewhere that's got advertising, the advertisers are going to be, want to be car companies, which means it's very difficult to be very rude about a car. And then yes. go, and here's a mode from our sponsor, who is Volvo <laughs> that you just yeah, slagged off. It's quite refreshing, actually, so, to have, you know, a no-holds-barred, here we go. And but you can't do it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you can't do it, though, because if you did that, you, you, you'd you lose the advertisers if you're then going to slag off the car that, you know, yeah. so you can't do it. So it really needs to go to somewhere that doesn't have advertisers, which basically is Netflix or Amazon. Yeah. You know, that's it. So rumours abound that they're having a Netflix show coming, but I'm sure we'll hear about that um, coming up. Um Moving on to their, their final Top Gear episode, because there was stuff shot, um, which they were going to try and get out. They were trying to figure out what they were going to do with it. There was rumours they were going to try and put a couple of episodes out, but it turns out what they've announced today is what they're going to do is a 75-minute special, which is they're planning to air over the next few weeks at some point, uh, probably in its usual Sunday slot. Uh, Hammond and May have gone back and pre-recorded some linking bits uh, to tie everything back together. Um, it's basically going to be two main, two big adventure pieces. Uh, one which has the three of them setting off on an adventure that includes brown beer breakdowns and a hair-raising classic car show, and the <laughs> second one is them ha- has them spending two hundred and fifty quid on a sports utility vehicle and then embark on a series of challenges, um, which includes a battle with the Stig's le- leisure activity cousin. Um, so, okay. um, <laughs> You know, we'll, we'll, I'm sure they'll be brilliant. It's the type of stuff we've seen them doing before, but that will be the swan song for the three of them on uh, the and, and the end of Top Gear as we know it. Um, well, we, Clarkson apparently was in the news saying, uh, you know, it, it was his fault. He, he was a oh, yeah, yeah. No, he, he absolutely put his hands up, said it's entirely his fault that this has all happened. Um, uh, Clarkson himself is actually um, due apparently to make his first TV appearance since this all happened. And it's going to be on TFI Friday, which uh, airs later this week. This is this um, special of, of TFI that they're doing for, that Chris Evans is doing for, I think it's the 20th anniversary or 25th anniversary of the show. Um, so he, they're doing this special. This should be, be a couple of hours on Friday night. And Clarkson is supposed to be one of the guests. Um, Okay. Interestingly, Evans 
um, started a rumour uh, this week because um, he's, he's been rumoured for a long time as being one of the hosts and he's always denied that it's going to be a possibility he kicked off rumours this week saying um, that he was making a secret Top Gear film uh, the, the exact quote was uh, we're making a Top Gear, we're doing a Top Gear sequence with an independent production company and we're going to see how that goes um, notice the use of a Top Gear in there and not the Top Gear. Yes, um, or, or Top Gear. Yeah, uh, yeah so um, most people think that it's probably um, part of the public you know, the, the publicity for TFI and it's actually going to be a skit on TFI. That's what they were doing, yeah. um, particularly if Clarkson's involved as well. So I, I think that's probably what they were, what they were, he was referring to. Um, it did result in Clarkson, May and Hammond poking fun back at him on Twitter by saying, uh, Clarkson tweeted, next week I'm doing a pilot Radio 2 breakfast show with an independent production company. We'll see how that goes. Uh, May sent one saying, we're working on new TV ideas with an independent production company called TFI Thursday. We'll see how that goes. And Hammond's was... Uh, next week I'm doing a pilot of the two show on Fridays with an independent production company. We'll see how that goes. <laughs> boys, hey, boys. <laughs> yeah, nothing, nothing like sarcasm. Uh, so yeah, that, they, I, I think yeah they're having fun with it. Um, I, it'll be very interesting to see um, Clarkson be interviewed by Evans uh, if if he does show up on T- TFI on Friday. I, I I will be watching that definitely because yeah. I used to really love that show. I I can't stand his breakfast show, but I did rather like TFI Friday. So <laughs> yes, it's a variety of it. No, not for radio, but certainly for drunken drunken mayhem and bands. TFI Friday was great. <laughs> yeah, so uh, so I'm looking forward to that. Um. Next bit of news, uh, which which I think um, will deserve. Agent Carter. Absolutely. <laughs> Agent Carter has actually finally got a UK air date. Um, it's not coming to Channel Four. It is coming to Fox. Um, they have bought uh, a deal which includes this season and next season. It will be airing on Sunday on the 12th of June at 9pm. It's not airing on the 1st, which is what a lot of people said uh, when it was first got posted. It's the 12th of June. Um, the, re- the reason for that happening is people can't read a press release and and are missing full stop. Because <laughs> the line at the bottom of the press release said, which I, I pointed out to this, this the lady at Fox, and she went, ah, yeah, sorry about that. No, you are quite right. It's actually the 12th. Um, the line at the bottom of the press release says, don't miss the UK premiere of Ajax this July 1st on Fox. There should be a full stop between July and 1st, because 1st on Fox is their tagline. <laughs> yeah. So, and, But we're English. We don't say July 1st. We say the 1st of July. <laughs> <laughs> yes. We're not American. <laughs> Queen's English, you know. Queen's English, quite right. So, yes, uh, that that was why people came out with the first, but it, it's the twelfth of July at nine pm, which is Sunday. Uh, they're going to be. Well, a- I'd love to know who actually does all this storylining because I'm trying to work out how you do Agent Carter before uh, Captain America and how you storyline all this sort of pre-plotting beforehand. It's just going to be. Awesome. Yes. Yeah. 
there's somebody somebody somewhere in Marvel has an enormous whiteboard. <laughs> I was going to say, I had a, a picture of an aircraft hangar with a white wall yeah. and the whole storyline goes around the aircraft hangar twice. <laughs> yeah, and, and you've got to bear in mind that, that you know, some of this is, is throwing back into the comics as well and, oh. you know, so that they, they're going to tie bits of it back and uh, they're basically doing what they do with the, with the comic book world though, which is um, plot out five years at a time. You know, we're, we're here at the moment. We're going to be there. This is what's going to happen to characters in between. And they have a sort of brain trust that, that manage it. And uh, Kevin Fahey, who kind of is the guy in control of it. Um, and we said before, it's one thing. One of the things that DC slightly missing is somebody that's that's in control of everything. Um, you know, they, they really need a guy that, to, to run the whole of of that and they haven't quite found it yet um which is why the dc stuff seems very disjointed at the moment uh you know the tv stuff is is kind of all together apart from they then have the oddities like constantine's on one channel you have the gotham thing somewhere else you have uh the new supergirl se- series which is is going to be part of the same world but is separate you know so they, they've they've not quite worked that out um yeah thinking about it yes and and, just thinking about the amount of tv shows and films that are all kind of connected to each other on the on sort of the the surface so how on earth they script all this stuff so it all tessellates i got no clue (laughs) i know it's crazy um but uh yeah i mean they they managed to uh to keep that together and we finally get to see agent carter unfortunately it doesn't look like it's gonna run with Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. because there's no connection between Channel 4 and Fox. So, um, I mean, if Fox is sensible, they'll they'll try and run it um, in the break uh, between, you know, the airing of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. on, on Channel 4. Um, yeah, they don't that, want to have a fight between those two, really. They, they want to actually ride each other's wave a little bit. Yeah, I mean, that would seem sensible. But, you know, they, they uh, you know, they, they don't, talk to each other so you know i mean the schedulers notoriously the schedulers don't talk to each other i mean there was there was an issue recently with i can't remember what it was it was it was it wasn't a csi it was but it was one of those procedurals where there were three episodes over three different series that are, are connected you know it was it was one of the it was like a law and order or a um you know one of those things where uh, they've got like three, you know, an initial show and two spin-off shows. Yeah. Um, which tied um, the, these three episodes. It was a three-part episode which ran over each of them. Whereas on America, they're all on one channel. Over here, they're three completely separate channels airing at totally different times. Oh. So the whole thing runs backwards. So, so you see like the third episode and then you've got to wait like three months. just collaborate a little bit. Yeah, you know. All benefit from it. Um, yeah, you know, it's called collaboration. (laughs) Yeah, it would be quite useful if they talk to each other, particularly if they're buying the same, you know, shows that are linked on the US network. You'd think, well, you know, we've got this show. Why don't we talk to each other? But they don't. So, you know, um, so there's, there's, uh, there's that coming up. Finally, Agent Carter, he's got. Uh, the uh, air date in the UK. Um, there's also a couple of bits of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. casting news. Uh, Henry, Henry Simmons, um, who plays Mac, is uh, going to become a series regular for season three, um, oh, yeah. which is a 
little bit of a spoiler, I guess, because he was kind of making noises about not staying around, but uh, obviously he is. Um, so uh, he's becoming season regular, and uh, Luke Mitchell, who plays the inhuman Lincoln, uh, that's the, the, the guy that throws um, lightning bolts with his fingers, um, he's uh, also becoming a series regular for season three as well, so he'll still be around. And... Uh, that's the news for this week. Next up, we have an interview. Oh, cool. So next up, we've got an interview with a uh, composer. We're back with composers this week. Uh, it's a guy called James Levine. Uh, he's an Emmy-nominated composer, um, and he's uh, sort of very prolific in his uh, TV work. He's currently scoring Rizzoli and Isles, uh, which stars Andy Harmon and Sasha Alexander. Um, he's done work on Major Crimes. Um, he also scored Last Ship. Uh, which he ran on uh, Sky One over there. It's coming back for a second season fairly soon. He scored the first three uh, seasons of American Horror Story and received the Emmy nomination for American Horror Story Coven. Um, he uh, worked on Nip Tuck, um, Glee. Uh, he's done stuff for The Closer. Uh, you can also hear things on uh, th- some of his work on uh, the Blacklist, uh, New Normal, NCSI, NCIS, Los Angeles, a um, whole load of stuff. Uh, so, really great guy to talk to. Uh, here's the interview with James. Hope you enjoy it. We'll talk to you and give you some air dates afterwards. Hi, James. How are you? I'm good. How are you? <laughs> what time is it there? It's like uh, 9 or 10 at night or something? Uh, it's half past 8 at night, so it's not too late at the moment. Cool. Um, where are you? You're you're in L.A. somewhere, I guess. Yeah, I'm in L.A. Yeah. Cool. Are you, are you, um, uh, are you uh, in your studio? I am in my studio right now. Well, I'm in my home studio right now. Oh, okay. okay. I also have a studio at Remote Control, which is, you know, um, at Hans Zimmer's facility where I've been for many years but um but yeah i just recently put in a home studio as well so i can try to spend some more time at home yeah (laughs) yeah always good um are you up in the mountains with like half the other (laughs) composers that appear to be over there no not really i'm pretty close i'm in brentwood which is like pretty close to um it's pretty close to santa monica it's still only like 15 minutes from the other studio yeah yeah but it's, it's closer to the city i like being down here i mean i like that too but just uh it's pretty central. It's pretty close to everything. Yeah. No, Santa Monica is really nice. I, mean, mm. I have a friend that works at the high school down there. So, oh, great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I've I've done that. I've done that traffic route at like half past five in an evening. It's not pleasant. <laughs> That's why I try to stay as close to my studio as possible where I live because otherwise, yeah, you, know, you, it's just, oh. you don't want to go anywhere in a car right now. <laughs> exactly. From like now, and it's it's just gotten worse. So it's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah. They've. Uh, I. I. I'm in uh, Birmingham in the UK, right. and they've decided to dig up the centre of town. So it was like LA traffic <laughs> trying to get out today. It was just horrendous. But uh, yes. Anyway, <laughs> yeah. we should probably get onto some uh, some, some uh, uh, music chat. Um, so, um, do you want to do you want to uh, give me a bit of your background? How did, how did you get into composing in the first place? Um, well, I grew up uh, outside of just outside of Boston, Massachusetts. Yeah. And uh, was a piano playing piano and um, very active, you know, as a kid playing for choirs and musicals and in bands. 
And uh, when I graduated from college, I decided I wanted to try writing for picture, which I always was interested in. Yeah. And I did some commercials in Boston. Cool. And really loved it. And then I met a few people that were in L.A. that were working as composers or working you know, with some other bigger film and TV composers. And I came and visited L.A. and was like, oh, my God, I got to get there. So I moved here two months after that. <laughs> then just kind of started over, you know, uh, interning and working with Hans Zimmer and a bunch of other people. And then, you know, got to work and collaborate with some of those guys and then gradually uh, was able to get some opportunities to get my own credits going. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Cool. Okay. You And you work quite a lot with um, uh, uh, the the guy that, that does uh, Glee and American Horror, didn't you? That, that was... Um, yeah, I worked a lot with Ryan. Yes. Yes, Ryan Murphy. That's the guy. Mm-hmm. Um, so you you did the first. Um, how, how did that come about? Because you did the first three seasons of American Horror, didn't you? Well, yeah. I mean, I started working with Ryan on Nip Tuck. Um, yes, of course. And then we did that, and we did uh, Glee. We did another show, and then we did American Horror Story. And American Horror, you know, it was interesting. It was I hadn't done horror before, and so we weren't sure if it was going to work. So I kind of just uh, he gave me a shot, so I did it, and uh, and we did these the first three great seasons and then you know i took off to finish glee up strong and uh we'll see what happens next but yeah that was sort of a it was a great opportunity and really exciting for me because uh it was such an exciting show and also a chance to sort of flex a different musical muscle and learn a lot you know something new yeah i mean you you said you never really done horror before that so so how was how was that kind of wrapping your head around around starting something that that uh, you know, you'd not really worked in before. Um, you know, it's challenging and exciting at the same time and a little scary, but I think, you know, uh, it, it provides a great opportunity for you to sort of dig inside and find a different character in yourself and, and you know, and challenge yourself to sort of step outside maybe what is your comfort zone. So, yeah, it's pretty exciting, actually. It was really fun. Yeah. You know? Sort of, I had no rules. You know what I mean? I had no sort of um, conventions that I felt that, you know, we sometimes trap ourselves into. Yeah because we're used to doing things a certain way it's like i had never done it like literally never done it so it's fun <laughs> and it's it was an interesting show to do as well because because it, it changes um themes kind of i mean it's still horror but it changes themes each each season as well doesn't it yeah it's an anthology series so um each year is like it's like doing it's starting over you know it's like tabular it's a blank slate every season was brand new and uh so that was a challenge in and of itself but it's also exciting you know yeah, and and you did three seasons of that, and then then uh, Matt Quayle's doing the the current seasons at the moment. Yeah, I do yeah. so. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I spoke to Matt last week actually. <laughs> um, so was was that just they decided to go in a different direction with it, or or were, were you just buried under other stuff? And <laughs> I mean, it was a combination of a few different things, you know. Yeah. 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 Um, what are you working on at the moment? Uh, right now, I am working on the last ship. Um, yeah, I'm working on uh, major crimes, Rizzoli and Isles, and Royal Pains for the summer. 
Yeah. Ah, cool. Yeah, the, the Rizzoli and Isles, I love. He's, oh, he's fantastic. Yeah. I, I love the Last Ship as well, actually. So the first yeah. season of that was fantastic. Um, Rizzoli and Isles is kind of interesting because it's it's a it's a procedural. The, the music's got kind of a, a, a kind of fun feel to it, though. It's uh, as well. It could be because right. it's it's got that sort of um, it's got yeah. kind of bounce to it. So yeah, it's kind of like got a Celtic bounce slash you know uh, Baroque thing almost going on. It's kind of interesting. It's just fun, you know. That's a fun one too, because we go from crime into comedy, and those characters are so interesting and fun to play with. You know, you just sort of release yourself and go on the ride with them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I really, I, I do really enjoy that show. And um, yeah, and last ship again, it's kind of um, shifting slightly in a, in a sort of different direction because kind of less fun because you're <laughs> you're dealing with a global <laughs> outbreak. So. <laughs> A more, little, slightly more apocalyptic. Though, <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. There, there are some com- comedic moments in it, but it, it, yeah. it generally, generally not. Uh, but yeah, that that's a great show as well. We got season one of that over here, and I'm lo- really looking forward to season two of that kind right, of. Yeah, the season two I'm working on right now, about halfway through. It's fantastic. Cool. Is it it's good? A, it's, a, it's a really good show. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I know I work on, it, but that's a really. It's really just great. It's really strong. You know, it's like. The production value is so huge on that show; it's crazy. Yeah, know? yeah. I mean, you know, when you when you're dealing with water, per, uh, you know, the the costs and production always kind of seem to go up. I imagine. So. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Um, but yeah, I, I, it's got Adam Baldwin in it, and I'm a huge Firefly fan. So. <laughs> awesome! Awesome. Yeah. So yeah. Um, you also you you did uh, Glee for uh, the, the entire run of that, wasn't it? So yes. Seven. Um, what do we do? Six seasons. I yeah, mean, eighty-eight yeah. episodes, according to IMDb. Yeah. Apparently, yeah. so. Uh, and and you did the the other stuff like the the concert I think stuff. You did more than eighty, though. I think that's just maybe like it hasn't been updated. I think we did quite. like one hundred and thirty or something like that. Yeah, yeah, quite quite possibly. Yeah. It's it's a bit behind. How how did um, that work? Mixing the the songs together with the composed music were were they completely separate, or or did you get involved with some of the arrangement for the musical scores as well? Sometimes, I mean, at the, in the in the pilot stage and in the first season, I I did a little bit more work with the songs. Yeah, and, and um, you know, then it just became the type of thing where I was in charge solely of the score, of which there was a lot. Yeah, but um, but of course, you know, we were always like uh, in constant communication about the songs and the score and where things are coming in and out and, you know, making sure things blended and sometimes score cues were derivative of a song, you know, sort right, of the spirit of a song or sometimes the arrangement of the song was informed by the arrangement of the score. So it was kind of a collaborative process at times and other times it was, you know, the music, the score just kind of stood by itself as did the songs. That's kind of interesting because you're, you're, you're having to, to kind of tailor some of the stuff that you're doing into into already established um, songs. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, the the big one being like "Don't Stop Believing" and you know all all that sort of stuff. So yeah. you're you're tailoring the music into that as well. Yeah, but that came first, you know, like the songs, especially like "Don't Stop" and um, what else? And some of the other stuff in the pilot. Yeah, we did all those arrangements first. Right, and then the score. We kind of like figured out what we were going to do with the score um, after we had shot the pilot and started putting it together. So it was interesting. Uh, it was an interesting process and really amazing because it really worked. You know, it all wound up working really well. Yeah, yeah. I mean, hugely popular show, um, and uh, and it, it's rare to have things you know, sh- shows that that have that much. 
um, the music that much to the front of them, I guess. Um, yeah. You know, I mean, there's kind of there's that there's there's smash there's because Empire now as well. well. I mean, we sort of say, you know, it's kind of like, yeah, we sort of. I mean, we brought it. We I think it was one of the first shows, certainly in in the last twenty or thirty years, that was able to sort of be song, you know, performance driven. Yeah. In a way that was interesting, that, that the public actually responded to, and the viewers actually felt connected to. And then now look what's happened. You know, you have yeah. Galat, which is a little bit more of a fairy tale story but then you have empire which is awesome yeah it's like yeah. the evolution of glee but like without glee setting the table you know empire probably wouldn't have would have been a little off you know what i mean it's, yeah, it's yeah. just it's just very uh yeah. it's sort of organic what fe- what seems to be like a very organic process for television it's very cool you know it's awesome yeah really- I, I, I think you, you can take a little bit of credit for the fact that the Empire Empire has actually kind of managed to get on air in the first place. <laughs> oh, just, just a little, <laughs> at least. I, I'm I'm being humble for you. <laughs> I know I, I'm not like a very. very uh, I, I think uh, yeah. I'm not. A, I don't. I'm not a big chest pounder, but I think I feel actually kind of proud about it. Yeah. Not not like uh, you know only because I feel like we did something really special and it was a great great experience and amazing people you know it's uh, it was really an amazing process because we were all in it to, we were all figuring it out together you know like they learned a lot television learned a lot producer you know studios learned a lot from how we did things on glee it's pretty you know it's yeah it's a really like beneficial um business hmm. for television if they if you know if you understand what i'm saying like the way that that Ryan and his team was able to take this and and build like a score and and the soundtrack with songs that we're familiar with, and then yeah. some original songs that we wrote and create a, another business out of out of t- a television show. You yeah. know that's what happened. Yeah, it's cool. Yeah, I mean you know because you, you you're in in a in a position where you can make the soundtrack sales enormous from from uh, that from from the the you know the spinoffs and the music and, and all that. Stuff. Yeah. And the concert, yeah, there was a concert tour. Yeah, concerts were amazing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, um, I, and and I mean, it, Glee's one of those shows that that love it or hate it, it it's going to be one of those shows where I think you can look back on and and point to and go, well, that was a genre defining thing because the, yeah. the the shows that came after it i mean you know uh things like nashville and smash and uh yeah. i was i was very upset they canceled smash i thought that was the first season of that was fantastic uh okay. you know uh, yeah okay. and, and it's and there's there's other things there's another show coming out um uh crazy ex-girlfriend uh which is is one of the new shows that's coming up which is has got this kind of bonkers sort of story to it but again it's got musical elements in it uh-huh. and I, I think shows like that just wouldn't have happened if Glee hadn't happened you know sure sure no it's true I mean you know you can say that I mean it's yeah it's just it's pretty cool it's pretty cool there's I mean there's other it's happened you know in other genres but it certainly was pretty pretty huge the way it happened with Glee you know and and you know then American Horror we you know we started this anthology you know idea yeah you yeah. know another thing now you have True Detective, you have Fargo, you know you have these other shows that are that are sort of redefining themselves every season, which is a very interesting. Um, it's an, another interesting you know thing that Ryan has done, it's pretty phenomenal. Yeah, yeah, no, very much so. Um, yeah, you've got as you say, True Detective and Fargo particularly are the, yeah. the two big ones that stand out. Um, 
and and it's a it's a really great idea because it it gets over that problem that uh, of um, uh, audiences not being able to to leap in at the third season, you know. Whereas with those shows, they can. Yeah. Yeah. So you know, I, 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 he's he's a very smart guy. <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> can you talk me a little bit through through how your process um, works for um, for for creating stuff? Because I know some people, some guys will write things beforehand. Um, some will sort of write it the the moment they see something. You know, how how does your process generally start with you? Really, it, it kind of depends on what it is I'm working on and the project and the time constraints. You know, I think it's yeah. always nice to it's always nice to read something first and then sort of start coming up with some ideas away from picture. Yeah, and sometimes that works and sometimes it doesn't. So yeah. I think that's a very organic and sort of uh, idealistic place to start, which I do often. But sometimes you really can't get a feel for things until you have picture in front of you. So it's really project dependent. And sometimes it's even script dependent within the body of a series or a show. Because, for instance, you know, there might be an episode, or there might be a show where, you know what, we, we're, we're deep into it. We spot it week to week and it's it just, you know, they send me the picture and I write the picture. But then there might be an episode, you know, three episodes down the line. We're like, you know, Jimmy, we want to, I just, we, we want like a really strong theme. So why don't you take a read and then, you know, maybe try to get us a theme so that when we start cutting, you know, picture together an editorial, they'll have, we'll have like a new idea to, to you know, to have uh, for, um, for the editors and for the producers to hear. And so that sometimes is how it works. Yeah. Yeah, I mean the the uh, I I know um, who was I talking to recently? Uh, the guy that writes the music for Fargo actually. Um, oh, like Jeff. Jeff, yeah, that was it. It was Jeff Russo. Um, and, and and Jeff was saying, you know, with with Fargo, he wrote most of that, or an awful lot of that was written. Away, yeah, you know, way ahead. Um, and uh, you know, which <laughs> I find kind of crazy. I mean, I know I know you get a kind of idea of it, but 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 to to be able to do that sort of amount of of work beforehand seems seems uh, quite we did ridiculous. that quite a bit with the last ship this season actually okay because uh, I do that show with Jim Dooley and we we kind of consciously we wanted to use some of our early, we had a bit of time at the beginning of right before we started or at the very beginning of when we started so we wrote a ton of stuff beforehand we wrote about 35 40 minutes of music probably at least before we actually started getting picture and then it just made things it really helped and it was really successful yeah. So it is nice to do it that way. Sure. Yeah, I mean, I, it, it, I guess, I guess if, you've, if you've got a decent grasp of, of, you know, the type of stuff that's coming, you can, you can write certain themes and things to, to, to kind of uh, alleviate the pressure. Because I know you guys work on, on incredibly tight time schedules quite a lot of the time. Um, right. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I'd, what's the sort of average for you between writing and... and uh, something going on air uh well it, it writing and mixing you know somewhere between anywhere from as little as three days to a week to two weeks you know what i mean it's just, it yeah. kind of depends uh but it never seems like there's enough time when <laughs> when it's time to be done you know yeah yeah, yeah. um the, 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 i've i've heard some quite horror stories of of just just sort of like be, being there, you know, like literally finishing hours before the thing actually <laughs> goes out, you know. Yeah, there are times when it's, you know, it gets, it gets kind of, it's like just when you think, oh, it'll never get crazier. <laughs> Truth is always stranger than fiction, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, what sort of stuff are you writing on? Are you because uh, you, I mean, you 
started off on piano and that sort of thing. So is that usually where you start or, or? Yeah, I mean, I'm usually starting on piano. I mean, in keyboards and samplers and all that stuff. And then sometimes I'll bring in, I have different, um, guitar. I have some, a guitar player who I collaborate with all the time if I need that thing, but I'll sort of mess around and noodle around too and try to come up with ideas that way. And then sometimes, you know, string players just depends. But yeah. Mostly I start at piano because that's where I'm comfortable. And and a lot of your stuff, um, it's uh, you, you're dealing with small groups of, of instruments and then mixing together, or, or correct? Yeah, yeah most okay. strong smaller groups or soloists, and then putting them with you know electronic stuff or samples or a combination of a lot of different things. And then I'll play you know live piano, live keyboards depends. Yeah, live synth sometimes just depends on what it is. Live percussion, you know, whatever we bang on or try to do something organic for everything so it feels a little bit more real cool would, would you would you like to have a go at one of the sort of big orchestral um of course scores? yeah totally but there's <laughs> no time in my world <laughs> no i'd love to yeah and, you know, it depends you know for last year the television academy did a concert so we had a big orchestra performing a bunch of american horror story stuff which was fantastic oh nice and glee stuff as well yeah uh, it was fun but yeah, my, I mean, the time crunch that we have is so crazy, you know, that it's that that's the limiting factor. Yeah. I mean, there's the budget thing and then there's time. Yeah. And, uh, for whatever reason, I seem to be attracted to or people seem to with very little time seem to be attracted to working with me. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I've I've mentioned this in, in interviews as well. Having uh, I spoke to Phil Eisler a few weeks back and, and he's like doing he at one pay, stage was doing like two enormous orchestra shows and yeah. it's like how <laughs> yeah <laughs> how on exactly. earth well, do you have the time to do that i mean you can write it but the recording is a whole nother thing that's the yeah. you know because uh, he's doing empire and something and like another show you know yeah we, like last ship i'd love to record orchestra but there's just literally like there's no time yeah and i don't think you know and, and you have to have a company you know, you want to be a, a production company has to really want that, and then they they have to make it work. You know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, because he he was doing Empire and Avenger, I think, at the same time. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So Avenger, <laughs> yeah, totally. That's just insane. Then you do need a home studio. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, so uh, what what else are you doing at the moment? You, what what's next after you've you've done these shows? Have you got other things lined up? Uh, not really. I mean, these are gonna these go pretty straight through the end of the year right now. Actually. Oh, cool. I mean, yeah. Well, last ship will end in July, but then the next season will start, and then I have my other series are sort of even though they're cable, they're longer orders. So we have a little bit of time off at the end of the summer, and then they come back, and we have a pretty pretty robust uh, fall with them. But you know, we'll see what else is shaping up. You know, there's always something coming around the corner. It seems so. Thankfully, <laughs> thank God. Do you, do you, you've you've done a few films as well. I actually, I was I was going to ask you your your one individual acting credit <laughs> that's on IMDb for pirates. Yeah, well, I I helped produce a bunch of the pirate. Um, I produced a lot of the recording sessions for pirates. I see. Okay, cool. So it was a bit of a joke that they put me in the. Uh, they put me on set to play a pirate musician, <laughs> and uh, it was a bar fight in Tortuga where I get uh, completely pummeled by food that's being thrown at me during the bar fight. So I think it was just uh, 
I think the director and and uh, had a good time. Gore, because we were working really closely at the time on a couple of things. Gore Rubinsky, we were <laughs> he put me in the scene, and literally they called action, and I see him standing behind the camera, and I'm playing like a little concertina, right? Oh, you know, like dressed in full pirate garb and full makeup and beard and you know long hair. <laughs> and, and then suddenly there's like chicken and carrots being like whipped at my head, and it's, it's Gore. Rubinsky. It's really going to be awesome and hysterical. It was it was so disgusting, but it was a it was such a fun. It was so much fun, you know, because I had no pressure whatsoever. You know, usually we're yeah. in the studio under tremendous amounts of pressure, and that was like it was kind of fun. You know, I got a got to meet Johnny Depp and hang out with those guys. It was fun. Yeah, it's cool. Cool. Yeah. Well, that's that's definitely a, a nice day out of the office from uh, from your regular routine. Oh, I guess. Yeah, totally. Nice distraction for sure. It's great. So, a uh, few other questions. We cover a lot of TV, obviously, on on the site and stuff. Um, mm-hmm. Are there any um, shows out there that that you look at and think uh, and, and really love the work that other guys are doing at the moment? Yeah, I mean, I think um, I think Homeland is an yeah. amazing show. I think that's House of Cards. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. four. And I think Jeff does a great job with Fargo also. Yeah. Fargo, House of Cards, and Homeland to me. Yeah. And, uh, you know, those are really, for me, those are really, really strong scores. They're very unique, very personal. And um, Empire I like too. You know, it's like, it, it's not, the score isn't what I would necessarily imagine. It's a little, it's, it's, a, it's, uh, how would I describe it? I don't know. It's just, it's, it's unique. And I like that. Yeah. It's yeah. Cool. No, it's, it, it is very cool. I I love Homeland as well. Sean's uh, Sean Kelly, isn't it? The um, yeah, uh, the, the Homeland. I love Sean. He's a good guy. Yeah, really great musician, and uh, and that's that's a very very cool score. I and mean, he works really hard on it, so it's very cool. Yeah, no, I I spoke to Sean last year, I think. Um, yeah, he, he just very lovely guy. Um, yeah. uh, Nate Bars, the other guy that that comes up a lot. Um, his yeah. his stuff. Uh, for the Americans, Americans, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, outside of of the soundtrack, uh, are there any um, shows that you you just love um, that that you I don't have a tremendous amount of time? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that that's, that's quite covered. I Homeland, and like I I did get into Empire. I have to finish the season, but I got into it, um, and I like True Detective. You know, yeah, yeah, that's a good show too. I'm I'm looking forward to to seeing how, whether that that works or not with two different guys in it. I can't wait to check it out. Yeah, yeah. Colin Farrell and, and Vince Vaughn actually acting, which well, <laughs> but you know what? It's like I forget. I always I've always imagined Vince Vaughn playing a serious you know role, so I'm very excited for it because I've always thought he could do it. Yeah, and I was talking about with another friend of mine, another like producer, who was talking about casting something or. I forget exactly what the show was, and and I was like Vince Vaughn. He's like, oh, that's interesting. And I'm like, here you go, Vince Vaughn, doing it. I told you so. You know, I you know said to my friend, I was like, look at this. Remember this discussion we had? Yeah. I've always imagined, even though he plays sort of like this corny broad, you know. Yeah. I think you know he's got it. There's something there where it's like you can imagine him going there. So yeah. I'm, I'm excited to see him. Well, it's it's that sort of thing. It's it's like he was great in Swingers, and uh-huh. the, and then it, it it kind of veered off down the kind of rom com comedy sort of route. Um, 
yeah. and and it, it's taken him a long while to find his way back, but yeah. <laughs> but hopefully this will do it for him. That, that it's it's oh, the right I sort mean, of show. Yeah, I'm not worried about Vince Vaughn. <laughs> <laughs> All right, um, I, I've taken up about half an hour of your time, so I, I shall uh, I shall let you get back to it. Really, really nice talking to you, and uh, you know if you need anything else, let me know. Yeah, will do. Okay, no, it's, it's great. Nice to talk to you. Cheers. Okay, bye-bye. See ya, bye. So that was the interview with James. Uh, hope you enjoyed that. Um, next up, we've got some air dates. Air dates and air date changes and things from uh, the last week. Um, person of interest, um, which, uh, as I've mentioned before, is the third season is actually currently on Netflix already. But if you don't have Netflix and want to watch it on Channel 5... Uh, we did think it was going to come back in the autumn, but in actual fact, it's coming back on the 18th of June uh, at 10 p.m. Because uh, uh, the, the, originally they'd said they were going to kick it to the autumn, but it looks like they only took it off while uh, Big Brother ran, so it's coming back after Big Brother. Um, so that's uh, Channel 5, 18th of June for the rest of that season. It's well worth watching. There's uh, this spectacular episode it comes back on, so definitely worth watching. Um, Necessary Roughness Season 2 is coming to the Universal Channel on the 22nd of July at 10pm. Um, Agent Carter, as we mentioned earlier, um, that's coming on the 12th of July at 9pm on Fox. Um, Pretty Little Liars, uh, this just popped up this week. Um, uh, This is... Uh, arriving on Netflix or has arrived already on Netflix for season six. So uh, they've got a new deal, which uh, basically means that they're going to be running season six. I think it's the day after the US. Uh, so as new episodes come out, it will come out less than 24 hours after the US have run them. So oh, wow, that's going to be quick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They've they've started doing this with a number of US shows actually. Um, if they can get decent deals for them, like they they do it with um, Once Upon a Time. Uh, they're doing it with Pretty Little Liars now. So there's it's it's actually quite a lot of the uh, the shows that run on ABC in the US. Um, so we're going to cut down on the pirating a lot as well, isn't it? That's that's the plan. Um, you know, and they've they've had some success with it as well. So uh, if you want season six, uh, it also comes out on iTunes, but that may delay season six coming out on iTunes uh, with this deal running on on Netflix. Now you may have to wait until it's it's aired in its entirety before it comes across to iTunes. Um, Parks and Recreation uh, just announced today that. Um, it's been disappeared off our screens since the BBC dropped uh, it after the third season. Um, it's now back running season four to seven, um, and that's coming on the 27th of July to Dave. So uh, if you're a fan of Parks and Rec- Recreation and, and haven't bought DVDs or found it somewhere else, uh, you can find it on Dave now from the 22nd of July. Uh, and also uh, Suits season five. Usually they make us wait until sort of january-ish to get so we're quite a few months behind there was a little note on the bottom of the uh parts parks and rec uh press release saying that that was going to be coming back to dave uh in august um so we're getting that way earlier than uh, than we had before okay um so that's an awesome show you said you've seen a couple of seasons of that yeah, I think it's absolutely fantastic really 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 well shot film uh sorry not film excuse me tv series yeah 
uh, I, I really like the way uh, they, they mess about a lot of the emotions of the characters as well. And they sort of really like these cutthroat lawyers against sort of really ethical things yeah. and stuff. Okay, they've actually got a little bit of moral fibre in there somewhere. Yeah, yeah, no, it's, really. it's uh, it, that's a really good show. I, and the, the characterizations are, are brilliant. And it's got some of the Firefly people in it, so, you know. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Who doesn't like Firefly? Uh, no, seriously, who doesn't like Firefly? <laughs> Uh, and last air date update America's Got Talent uh, season 10 uh, I think it ran on one of the ITV channels previously it's now coming to True TV on the 15th of July at 8pm uh, if you're into your talent shows and and are missing Britain's Got Talent already you can watch America's Got Talent uh, which has Mel B Howard Stern Howie Mandel and Heidi Klum as the judges so. I always, uh, always wonders about how the judges are some of the least talented people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, America may have talent. I don't know. Um, yeah. So that got Mel Lee there, so that makes up. For it. <laughs> uh, so that's that's the uh, the air date changes. Um, just got a, well quite a long list of stuff coming back coming onto TV next week. So uh, TV next week, um, birthday, which we talked about last, last week, which has uh, Stephen Mangan from episodes uh, as a pregnant man. Um, that starts on Sky Arts 1, uh, which has been through this whole big revamp on the 9th of June at, uh, so that's actually tonight, uh, at 9pm. Um, ha- cool. Hannibal, uh, which we talked about earlier, it's coming to Sky Living, and that's tomorrow night, the 10th of June, at 10pm. Uh, oh, that'd be good to see. Yeah, that's, uh, the, that's looking very interesting from the trailers. That's got uh, Hannibal on the run, and it's um, based around all the Red Dragon books. Um, yeah, I think I'd rather actually see Hannibal on the run. Some of the last series was getting a little static yeah. and a little bit unbelievable. It was like, hold on, that, hold on, nobody can get away with this for this much for so long. <laughs> yeah. But nope, that manipulative. Yeah. And now that he's on the run, maybe that'll be a little bit more uh, zappy. Yeah. And and uh, it's got Richard Armitage in it playing um, playing uh, Tooth Fairy as, you know, the, the Red Dragon stuff. So... Okay. Um, that that True. should be uh, interesting. Um, George Scott, which is uh, a bleak Swedish drama set in a forest where two children have gone missing. Uh, so if you like your sort of bleak, who's there any other type of Swedish drama? <laughs> <laughs> oh, Swedish and drama. Yeah, very bleak. Bleak. Uh, it's probably going to be pronounced Jord Scott. Jord Scott. <laughs> then. Uh, okay, uh, that's coming to ITV Encore at the 10th of June at 10 p.m. Uh, the Interceptor, which is a new drama, that's coming on the 10th of June at 9 p.m. Uh, to BBC One. Um, Mock the Week, Series 14, that's coming on the 11th of June at 10 p.m. I'm quite glad that's back. I really like Mock the Week. Um, good old Dara. Good old Dara. Um, he is hilarious. His stand-up's just brilliant. Um, Stonemouth, uh, which is uh, the adaptation of the Ian Banks novel, um, that's coming on the 11th of June at 9pm on BBC Two. Um, Orange is the New Black is back as well this week. That's on the 12th of June. Uh, that's for season three. That's brilliant, that show. Um, Netflix. Yeah. Netflix. You need to get a Netflix account. I've told you before. I need to get a Netflix account. I need to sit down and get my life back in order. Uh, yeah. nope. um, definitely worth getting a Netflix account. That's one of the shows it's worth getting a Netflix account for. It's superb, that show. 
Um, the Legacy, which is a, uh, a Danish thriller about four adult uh, four adult children gathering to vote. Okay. Oh, I see. Yes, Danish thriller about four adults. Uh, who are our siblings gathering to divide the matriarch's estate. Um, Some big words in that. Yeah. <laughs> Shut at you. Um, that's Plain the evening. You're really struggling to read that. Matriarch's estate. Mum's died. <laughs> you stay up. Okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, was, it was the fact that it said adult children, which made no sense to me. <laughs> Some adult children. Yeah. It, what it meant, it meant to be grown-up like children. Me. We're adult children. Yeah. Well, yes, that is true. Um, uh, so, yeah, that's coming 12th of June at 9pm. Uh, Murder in the First Season 2 returns. That's on Fox at 12th of June at 10pm. Uh, Humans, uh, Season 1, which is the new sci-fi drama from Kudos. That uh, starts on Channel 4 on the 14th at 9pm. Um, that you've probably seen trailers I've for. I've seen a couple of trailers for that, yeah. and it does look really, really quite neat. Um, it's based on a Swedish drama called Real Humans, uh, and it's sort of humans and robots um, mm. living together with sort of robot servants. Some of the trailers were kind of alluding to the sort of fallibility of humans rather than the fallibility of the robots. I thought, oh, that's quite neat. Yeah. Um, Insecurity of human beings. That, that's quite nice. And kudos to the people that bought you uh, Life on Mars, uh, Spooks. Um, all those kind of big dramas. Uh, they, they, so there's a good pedigree behind it. They usually yeah, produce some amazing stuff. Um, so I think it's definitely one worth watching out for. Uh, there's an interesting new show called Dark Matter, which starts on Sci-Fi UK, uh, which is a, a crew waking up on board a spaceship and have to sort of work out why they're there. That starts on the 15th of June at 8 p.m., um, that could I'm be actually cool. taking notes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dark matter. That sounds really good. Let's watch yes, that. I expect you to have watched all these and report back next time you're on. <laughs> um, homework. Yes, homework. Uh, there, and then there's Undercover, which is a uh, new original comedy uh, on Dave, starring Daniel Rigby as a neurotic cop, undercover cop, and Sarah Alexander, who plays his handler. Uh, they're infiltrating an Armenian crime family in London, and he gets very much out of his depth. That's on Dave on the 16th of June at 9pm. <sighs> And that's it. There's some good stuff in there. There is. There? You, can, really good you can tell we're about to hit um, the new TV season. <laughs> there's lots yeah, and I'm lots of stuff. Yeah, look at that. Oh, there's some stuff so, to record. Yeah, so there's there's a lot of stuff coming for uh, for the summer season, which is is what we're kind of hitting now. Um, so I'm kind of looking at that thinking Dark Matter is, is asking for it, really, isn't it? That really is uh, yeah. sounding quite neat and tidy. Dark, Dark Matter, out of that list, I would say... Uh, Orange is the New Black, if you if you haven't seen them, go and watch them. Dark Matter, I think, definitely worth a watch. Humans, I think, is going to be worth a watch. Hannibal, obviously. Uh, Birthday, as well, looks, because Stephen Mangan is brilliant in everything. So uh, that, that's definitely worth watching as well. And, of course, Mock Week. So, yeah, and Dark Matter and Hannibal is what I'm going to go for, to be honest. Yeah. I mean, I just don't have the time, but they sound pretty good ones. Yeah, I like the fact that they, they, they sound like interesting storylines rather than just bang, crash, wallop. Yeah, definitely. Um, so that's everything for this week. Um, if you want to know more information, come visit us at the website throughout the week to see all the latest air data updates at geektown.co.uk. You can leave a message on the website post. Um, you can come find us on Facebook at Facebook 
facebook.com uh, forward slash geek town or find us on twitter at geek town so that's everything we will be back next week oh yeah and if you're on itunes um if you've got an itunes account um go on rate us um say nice things about us uh and and uh, leave a little review if you if you feel like it and let us know what you think and um that helps us get so found in the ratings it's, the more it's, ratings it's the one have. occasion as well that you it's one occasion you're allowed to like. Yeah, so. yeah. So even if you don't like it, just give us five stars. <laughs> five stars, really attractive. <laughs> you said lie. <laughs> <laughs> All right, um, that's that's your lot for this week. We'll uh, talk to you next week. Bye bye. Bye. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. 